Tua. Fires, touchdown Miami. Waddle snuck into the end zone of Miami. Boy, tight throw, tight window. They had to get that touchdown on that play. They get it. What is up, Dolphins? And welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? It's a Monday. It's Senior Bowl week. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, since it is Senior Bowl week, we have a special guest as Dolphins long snapper Blake Ferguson joins us to talk about his experience in Mobile back in 2020. Plus, we finish up the roster preview series of the game and practice week, taking a look at the defensive backs. A busy episode here. Let's go ahead and jump right in. This is From Somewhere in South Florida, the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins Let's not waste any more time here and jump right into my guest on this edition of Drive Time, Dolphins long snapper, Blake Ferguson. And joining me now is a friend of the podcast. I think we can officially say that now. You've done enough times uh, here on the Drive Time podcast, Blake. Blake Ferguson. And before we get started here, Blake, you know, you grew up in Northwest Georgia, right? I did. Yep. Did it? I grew up, I grew, sorry, I grew up in Alpharetta, about an hour north of Atlanta. Okay. Did it get cold? Did you ever see snow up that way? Um, we would get snow about once a year. Not, not all that much, but you are familiar with it. Cause I was going to ask you, cause this weather today kind of reminds me of like Seattle where I'm from. And I was texting Seth and OJ from the fish tank, you know them. And they were like, Nope, get that, get that nonsense out of here. We don't, we don't <laughs> want that. So, uh, I, I was curious how you feel about this weather. Well, so right now I'm actually back in, um, I'm back in Atlanta and, um, I actually come back for the off seasons because I enjoy a little bit of cold weather. Um, when I, you know, when I have the opportunity to, I mean, I, I love the the sunshine in Florida and all that. Um, but it, it's nice for me to get a little bit of reprieve from the, from the sunburn in January. <laughs> but, um, I, I do hear that this is like the nicest time of year to be in Florida. Cause it's, you know, it's not humid. It's, it's nice and nice and enjoyable as opposed to, uh, just, like, like a gazillion degrees outside. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, man, today is the first day that I walked out there and was like, I don't like feel any sense of humidity or like just that overbearing oven feeling you get usually right. down here. So it's pretty nice. But I, I was just going to ask you to kind of parlay off of that. You working out back in, in your home state of Georgia? Is that where you're going to be for most of the off season? It is. I, um, I, I've been training here um, at, a, at a gym with, with a trainer uh, for the last couple of years. It's where I did my combine training. Um, and then I guess last year was my first true off season, um, as a pro. And, you know, I was saying this on my own podcast the other day that, you know, when you, when you come to the league, there's, there's no really any, um, blueprint for, you know, your off season, like you are responsible for showing up in shape, showing up, you know, making your weight and, and just simply just being ready for, the, the OTA offseason program. And, um, you know, it, when you're in college, there's, you know, everything's structured for you. You got to be on campus for classes anyway. So you're going to be working out, you're going to be doing the, you know, the 5 a.m. mat drills and all that kind of stuff. Um, but right now, you know, you, for the pros, you have to build your own schedule and have a plan. 
I want to hear more about your podcast here at the end of the end of this interview here real quick, but I want to go back to something you said there about the structure of college and then kind of going into the pros. Did that happen instantly? Cause we're having you on here talking about senior bowl week. Did that happen that week for you? Did you kind of have to get that stuff coordinator? Was that already taken care of for you? Well, so everything for me, I guess after my senior year, it happened pretty quickly because I went from, um, I mean, my, my prep time before the senior bowl was, was, was shortened. I was playing in the national championship. We went to, um, we went to the white house and had that trip, came back to Baton Rouge for the parade and everything, all the, all the celebration. And then literally like the next day I was on a flight to mobile for the senior bowl. And and then I had that prep for, you know, that week we had practice and meetings and, um, it's where I, you know, met a lot of the, the organization, uh, you know, front office and everything, um, from each team. Um, but you know, I, that was, that was all I had. Like it was, it was a quick, quick turnaround. Um, whereas most guys are, are done, you know, four or five weeks prior. Cause they're, you know, they're either not playing in a bowl game or their bowl game is, is over and done with. So when so that's a busy time for you after the national championship, and I'm glad you got a chance to kind of just put that in there. Like, yeah, we won the national championship. I went to the White House. You know, all those cool things you get to do. Well, well, Raekwon and and Christian Wilkins give me a hard time enough about about um, being at LSU and uh, especially the Bama guys. Um, you know, I have to I have to throw our our national championship in there. Uh, you know, somewhere. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite things is the T-shirts we see in the press conferences throughout the course of the season. There was all kinds of yeah. good stuff this year. But I um, found myself I, I found myself on the on the bad end of a couple of uh, bets, and I was wearing a lot of college gear that was not purple and gold this year. <laughs> well, we yeah. will save that for another time. <laughs> so you mentioned that busy week. So you got the the call at some point for the Senior Bowl. Was it during that busy time, or was it during the season? When did you get the call for Senior Bowl? I believe, I believe that came like right around the last game of the regular season. Um, because I remember, I remember having the, um, the letter in my locker after practice one day, I think it was, I think it was before our final regular season game, we we're getting ready to play A&M, uh, senior day, you know, they had beat us in seven overtimes the, the year before. And, you know, we ended up, you know, just trouncing them and it was amazing and and it only got better because I had been invited to the senior bowl so now that now that you mention it I it brings back some of those some of those memories and and um you know the senior bowl was something that I had it was a goal of mine I wanted to be able to play in the senior bowl because I wanted that exposure I wanted to be able to um meet one-on-one with the NFL coaches and the, you know, the best of the best are playing in this game. And, and I wanted to be a part of that. Yes. That's, that's the two points I wanted to ask you about was the competition on the field. Cause I mean, this is a different type of practice than getting ready for, let's say Texas A&M or getting even ready for the Buffalo bills. Like you're basically fighting for your professional livelihood. I have to imagine the competition on that field is at an all time high. It was, it was, and it's, it was even better, I think, because the game is coached by actual NFL staffs. We were, so we had the Bengals and I, I was working with Darren Simmons, their special teams coordinator, who has been around for a long time. I think he's been in Cincinnati like 18 or 19 years. And so having that kind of um, experience 
for a week and getting to understand, okay, this is how, um, this is how an NFL staff is going to coach practice. This is how they're going to run things. And that on top of playing with the best of the best players, there's, I mean, that's about as good as it's going to get. So um, I was very fortunate and, um, you know, I feel very blessed to have been selected to play in the game. And, and um, you know, I'm super glad that I was able to um, just have that experience because I think it set me up well for the next level. Because one long snapper on either team, right? So two at the entire event? That's correct. Who, who, That's was, correct. who, was, your, who was the other long snapper there with you? So it was um, Steven Wortel. Um, and he's in, uh, Green Bay now. Okay. So you guys, I have to imagine you guys formed a really tight bomb when you were down there. Yeah, we did. And, um, I was also at the NFL combine with him as well. So, um, I had known him, the, the long snapper, uh, fraternity is kind of, um, is, is kind of pretty is tight knit, I guess I should say. Um, and so I had known him for, for a while uh, we knew that we were probably the two that were going to be selected. And so um, to see him down there and to be able to not compete one-on-one, but to bring our best, you know, to the table amongst the best of the best. I mean, it's, that was, that was about as good as it's going to get. Yeah. It sounds like it. You also mentioned the combine too. And I know the combine is we hear about the on-field testing and then everyone goes behind the scenes and does their interviews and it's a busy week for you guys. Is that kind of how senior bowl week is too? Do you have a bunch of stuff going on after practice where it's just like your whole day is wall to wall busy? It was, it was super busy. I mean, we were up at, you know, five thirty, six o'clock in the morning doing weigh-ins yeah. and, and all the, um, all of the things that come along with the senior bowl. And then after practice, after all the, the meetings, the football meetings, we were having meetings with scouts, with, um, you know, directors of security, making sure that we aren't, you know, felons. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, and, and then uh, we had the formal interviews in the evenings with the, with the coaches and with the GMs and, and things like that. And so it was, it was a pretty packed day from, you know, six in the morning to 10, 11 o'clock at night. Um, but you know, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world because I, I am confident that that set me up well, um, for the next level. Yeah. I was going to just like you said, it prepares you for what you're going to have to do when you get to the NFL. So exactly the same idea there. So, you know, like a lot of scouts leave after the practices, right. And they go home and they'll, they'll watch the tape of the game. And so, there's this maybe connotation out there that the game's not as important, but I can't imagine that's how you guys felt out there. Like, was there a difference when you went from practices to the games and the mindset or the mentality or just anything at all? Um, I don't think so. I think, I think that everybody that was playing in the game was playing to number one, win, obviously. And number two, they were playing for their future. Yep. And that's the mindset that you have to approach it with. You, you know, you get a couple of guys where, you know, they're going to be the number one overall pick. You know, Joe Burrow was invited to the to the Senior Bowl. I I think he might have come for the like the meetings and just didn't play in the game because he he didn't have to. Mm-hmm. But for the guys playing, like that's not everybody's a first round pick. You get you know thirty two of those and that's it. So um, and so everybody playing in the game was you know was, was bringing out their competitive spirit because you, you know, you want to win and you want to, you want to represent yourself and your school. Well, 
every single year there's guys that are in the senior bowl that make a big impact on a team the following year. I mean, look at the 49ers right now. Debo Samuel was a big star at the senior bowl. Yeah. I can think of Javon Kinlaw too. Plenty of guys there. So it's a fun week for everybody, really. Players, scouts, fans, media personalities. Um, we're going to preview the defensive backs, my final uh, roster preview series here on this podcast after I let you go here, Blake. So I wanted to ask you in advance of that, what is your advice to the long snappers this week in Mobile? Uh, take a deep breath. <laughs> um, it is, like I said earlier, it is a whirlwind week. It is stressful. It is mentally taxing. And, um, it is, it is a time where you're like, I, you know, I'm feel like I'm drinking out of a fire hose right now because I'm trying to learn, you know, NFL special teams, but I'm also trying to, uh, represent myself well in these interviews and these meetings and everything. So there's just a lot going on. And so I think, I think just taking a, taking a step back and understanding, okay, I am I'm good enough to be here. I wouldn't be invited here if I wasn't. And just knowing and being confident in who you are and, and um, your skill set is, is really all that you need. And just, um, you know, I, I felt like when I was there, I guess, looking back, I felt like I, um, almost felt like I had to be more than I actually was. And, and, and you don't have to, like, you just, you just be yourself, be, you know, the player that you are, that's good enough. And, and, um, and just, you know, that's the, I guess that's the advice that I would give to those guys because it's a stressful week, but um, you don't have to make it any more stressful than it actually is. I think be yourself is a, is a piece of advice that works in any walk of life. So that's, that's a perfect way to go with it there. You mentioned earlier, Blake, uh, the after the snap podcast, you and Reed do a great podcast for, for the long snapping community. And you guys get a bunch of great guests on there and it's a good time. What's coming up here for you guys in the off season or even this week, or what, what do you got coming up next on after the snap? Well, um, right now we, we are, um, moving into the off season portion of, um, of the podcast. So we're looking forward to getting a bunch of guests on, um, a lot of the guys that we've, you know, approached about coming on have, have told us, no, I want to wait until the off season because, you know, just in season interviews, it's, it gets so busy. Uh, we were very fortunate to have a lot of guys, um, throughout the season, you know, be willing to come on and, and join us. But, um, there are a couple interviews that we're looking forward to here soon, um, you know, getting guys on and, and uh, just getting to have conversations and letting our listeners learn about uh, some of these guys that uh, Reed and I are friends with, or, you know, um, I guess for even for us, just getting to know them better, people that we don't um, necessarily know all that well. So a uh, lot of guests this off season. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it, man. Get a bunch of people on the podcast and and teach us things. That's what we do here on this podcast. You mentioned drinking through a fire hose. That's like my that's the podcast is like mantra here because I talk so <laughs> dang fast and try to get as much information as I possibly can. But Blake, I appreciate your time, man. Uh, have a great off season. We'll see you soon here. Hopefully, I guess uh, OTLs will be the next time we'll see you in, in April, maybe April yep. May. So we'll see you down then, man. And I uh, appreciate your time after the snap podcast. Blake and Reed Ferguson. Blake, thank you so much, man. Thanks, Trav. And there he goes. Let's go ahead and take our first break on this edition of the Drive Time Podcast, and we'll come right back and get to the final positions here on the Senior Bowl preview, taking a look at the defensive backs next. Drive Time Podcast with your host, Travis Wingfield. 
We pick it back up here on this Monday edition of the Drive Time, taking a look at the Senior Bowl. We just heard from Blake Ferguson, one of the many Miami Dolphins who had appeared in that Senior Bowl game at some point in their collegiate to NFL career. And hopefully we can see a few more guys in this game that will wind up on the Miami Dolphins roster. And we can talk about that for years to come as well. And we take a look. Finally today at the defensive backs, we have gone over every position group, every single player in this game. So if you haven't caught up yet, go ahead and do that now. Practices start tomorrow on Tuesday. So you've got about 24 hours to get that figured out. We start with Roger McCreary, the Auburn cornerback. And man, all Auburn does is produce physically gifted, tough, competitive cornerbacks. McCreary can play inside or out. His short area burst, his drive, transition, click and close. All of that stuff is smooth. He's an NFL tackler. And what I mean by that is he doesn't come in there messing around. He puts his shoulder down and makes big hits and wraps up. Arguably the best man cover cornerback in this entire draft as well. He's a first round pick. Six foot 190 is what his measurement was according to Auburn's website. We'll see what that comes out to be during the week in Mobile. Mario Goodrich from Clemson. Six foot 190 again. One of those guys who earned his turn in a deep roster a deep position group and made the most of it and he got plenty of tests opposite Andrew Booth Jr. who some think is cornerback one in this class and he was just aces all year long he's physical up to the challenge press and pin to the perimeter on the outside releases enough foot speed and quickness to recover inside scrappy gamer all the intangibles you want with Mario Goodrich Darion Kendrick from Georgia He was a Clemson, originally went to Clemson, transferred to Georgia, and that just speaks to his talent to play for those two programs. Six foot, 190 pounds also. A lot of these guys have that same measurement here. Great deal of both man and zone coverage there at Georgia. Athletic and competitive as hell when the football's in the air. We stay in the SEC with Kentucky and Yusef Corker. Six foot, 197 safety, our first safety on the board here. He, I mean, Corker is such a perfect name for this football player because he often uncorks the wood on ball carriers and unassuming pass catchers alike. Tone-setting type of players who flow downhill and wants to play the game on the other side of the line of scrimmage, that's Yusef Corker. A Caleb Evans from Missouri, a 6'2", 198-pound cornerback, will be in Mobile this week. He might be one of the best in the game at preventing the receiver from getting off the line in the release package. McCreary, the possible other one there I think as well which is frankly to me the most important part of the route when it comes to receiver and cornerback matchups and I always try to reconcile tackling out wide and don't get me wrong I appreciate when it happens but every corners tape is is not going to be full of big crushing hits but there is a cool story about some of Evan's extracurriculars and giving back to his community he's a big social initiative uh, social justice initiative participant in terms of some of the stuff he does back in his hometown so a good character to go along with the football acumen cam taylor Britt from nebraska this is one of the first guys you want to get off to get off the bus when you arrive somewhere he's a built in a lab type of cornerback fast athletic fluid mover rocked up at six foot 205 Again, first off the bus type of body type. And he uses that size on the perimeter to play a physical brand, but he can also get depth with all the deer that we have in this league running across from him at the receiver position. And what I mean by deer is they are fast. He's got a variety of coverages he played at Nebraska, and he can do all of them. His length benefits him in every area of his game. His tape shows a real knack for keying and playing from an off zone look where he can trigger and flow downhill, and he hits like a safety. We go down to the state of Texas in a small school here with Sam Houston and Zion McCollum. I have not seen his game, but he's a 6'4", 200-pound cornerback, a big, physical, fast. 
I saw a uh, Draft Diamonds article that said he's a cover three type of corner, kind of like what Seattle had back in the LOB days in those big, physical, long press type of corners that can play zone and use their eyes and their physical acumen to really make plays. Alante Taylor from Tennessee, six foot 193. That seems to be the range these guys are going in these days. Lengthy, very good long speed, and he faced a ton of NFL receivers in the SEC. Maybe that's where he developed the confidence he plays with. One of the most confident cornerbacks in this entire game and draft. And that's that's a big, big part of the equation to play that lonely island position out there. Not the Andy Samberg lonely island, but rather really one of the toughest positions to play in all the sports because all the rules you have to kind of contend with in terms of the offensive favoritism, as far as the penalties go and the way you can cover downfield, you have to have big time confidence. You have to have a short memory. And this guy has those two things. He has quiet hands up the stem with the football in the air, doesn't panic or get grabby. Some of that confidence there. And Tennessee coaches praised him for his mental acumen for the game. So all that stuff checks those boxes for Alante Taylor. Josh Thompson from Texas, six foot, 190. Eyes instinct type of player who you would see zone turn a lot with his eyes back to the quarterback. And he's just really solid playing forward, attacking jet sweeps, swings, screens, flats. He'll come up and hit you. Leon O'Neill Jr., also in the state of Texas at AM. He's a safety, six foot one, 210 pounds. Some of the best closing speed slash short area burst in this entire game. A choppy stepper who can quickly navigate through the trash and find the ball carrier in the running game. And he arrives with big time authority as a striker. Tyson Anderson from Toledo. Haven't seen his game either, but he is a safety slot slash star position type of player there at Toledo. Six foot two, 210 pounds. But just looking at the photos and some of the videos I saw of him on uh, Twitter, as far as like sideline scouting reports go, looks like he could carry some more weight there. He's a he's got a really nice build to, to add some mass to that already impressive build that he has. Tariq Woolen from UTSA also have not seen him, but six foot four, two hundred five pounds, and just like the front seven guys, it feels like every damn player these days has the formerly unique build for the position. And apparently he's going to test phenomenally. Rumored to have clocked a 4-3 laser-timed 40 and an 11-foot-5 broad jump when he was there in college. Wow, that's big-time tools there for Tariq Woolen. Let's take our last break here and come back and preview the national squad, the team coached by the New York Jets here at Senior Bowl Week, defensive backs Travis Wingfield on the Drive Time Podcast. One more position group to preview here, or I should say one team of that position group on the Senior Bowl roster preview series here on the Drive Time Podcast, and we'll have coverage for you all week covering Senior Bowl practices here on Drive Time and some written content, video content, social content. We'll have this thing covered up for you guys pretty well as we get ready for the 2022 NFL Draft and what your Miami Dolphins might do in the meantime heading up to that draft class. And we start here with Baylor's Jalen Petre, who's six foot 197 safety. And don't let that size fool you because he plays with a lot more bark in his game than a 200 pound safety. I mean, it's, it's not a small player by any means, but he certainly plays bigger than he is. And part of that comes, I think, from the speed and springy first step that he exhibits. That entire Baylor defense is fast. But this guy takes off like a missile and he can track plays from behind. He's quick twitched. Just an explosive player in everything he does. I think when he goes somewhere, he could be a fan favorite because of the way he plays. Just always, always intense and up-tempo. JT Woods, his teammate and position mate, six foot two, 193 pound safety there at Baylor. And he was more of the deep post safety, the free safety there with the long speed and the range to pair well with Petre, who, you know, is that little stick of dynamite they had there for the Baylor Bears all over the field. 
His post range is so impressive. He's terrific in the last line of defense in the running game as well. He's a good option to get wide on some of those wheels and swings and corner routes where you have to cover space quickly as a defensive back. We go out to Cincinnati and the playoff Bearcats with Kobe Bryant, a cornerback, another player kind of like Goodrich from Clemson, who took advantage of playing alongside a fellow first rounder on his college team. Sauce Gardner will be a first round pick for the Bearcats. Six foot two, 185 for Kobe Bryant. He played safety and corner, but as a corner, you really saw, I think, what was his best skill set was his ball tracking, and that came to fruition through the numbers. 18 passes defense, three forced fumbles, and seven picks in his career. Got a quick trigger out of zone, plays fast, and the production's there, like we mentioned. Joshua Williams from Fayetteville State. It's been 46 years since Fayetteville State had a player drafted, and I haven't seen his game, obviously. You know, don't have a lot of Fayetteville State tape lying around down here, but he was number six on Jordan Reed's top 10 HBCU prospects prior to this last season. And again, if he gets drafted first time in 46 years for that school, six foot two corner with 32 and five eighth inch arms. And I, I went and looked his name up on Twitter and just watched some of the, I think Jim Nagy had a video of him going through some press mandrills. It looks really good. And the way he's built, it's like go, go gadget arms. He, he is an impressive looking young man. Tariq Castro Fields from Penn State, six foot 194 cornerback with speed is the name of the game for Castro Fields. Reportedly ran a low 4-4 in his time at Penn State, and we saw that against Ohio State matching up with Chris Olave step-for-step downfield in that game. And his length, paired with speed, makes him a prime candidate for press man corner opportunities at the next level. Damari Mathis is a 5'11", 195-pound physical cornerback who had plenty of work against a slew of really, really good wide receivers out there at Pitt. That said, his mirroring skills and short area quickness I think could open the door for him to play inside too. He has some inside-outside versatility, but his temperament would certainly suggest it. He's an exceptional run defender who loves to initiate contact. Up next is a cornerback, Jalen Watson from... You gotta win the day for Crimson and Gray. From the Washington State Cougars, he played cornerback for WSU, but he might switch back to safety as the Cougs ran primarily a zone look on defense with press from their corners, press bail, get out and get your butt to the sideline. I always thought he had good eyes in zone and would get to the football by those instincts and football smarts. That was kind of his game, but I think he's a core special teamer for sure from day one, six foot three, 204 pounds there out of the Palouse in Washington state. Gregory Jr. from Waukita Baptist. Like that pronunciation? He's a free safety. Haven't seen a whole lot of Waukee to Baptist. 5'11", 204. He can scoot for a safety projected to run in the mid 4'4s, according to DraftScout.com. Finishing up here with Joseph Kirby from Illinois. This guy's an impressive player. Six foot, 200 pound safety. He's a center field type with range. Made five picks this year. And you didn't see a whole lot of his tape, or I didn't, I should say, coming down to Senior Bowl week because he wasn't a starter at the beginning of the season, but he took the job and ran with it and put himself into the Senior Bowl. His one-handed INT against Purdue, one of the funnest plays from one of the funnest tapes of the entire cycle so far for myself. We forgot the specialist. No, we didn't. The national team, long snapper Cal Adamidis from Pitt. The kicker is Andrew Mevis from Iowa State. The punter is Jordan Stout from Penn State. On the American side, Jordan Silver from Arkansas is the long snapper. The kicker is Cameron Dicker out of Texas. 
And the punter is Jake Camarda from Georgia. So that is your Senior Bowl roster preview series here on the Drive Time Podcast. The next time you hear from me, we'll be talking about the practice and some prospects that stood out. Fun stuff coming your way here on Drive Time. And having you guys covered for the entire offseason here for your Miami Dolphins every single step of the way. All right, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at NFL on Instagram as well, and the Miami Dolphins across all socials at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank podcast tomorrow with myself joining Seth and OJ. And of course, the YouTube channel for Dolphins today, as well as our media availabilities and MiamiDolphins.com for all the written photo gallery video stuff. Plenty of content for you there as well. Until next time, fins up, Caroline. Daddy is coming home.